Hey, we're live again on Pick Rep, your daily dose of positive. Great guest tonight. I know I say that. I got to come up with something new because these guests are just incredible, and every single one of them is a great guest. Uh, tonight, I have Mark Pattison, a career in the NFL, and then what does he do? Hey, you know what? Um, I think I'll go climb the, the seven summits of the world, and that's what his quest is right now. But he also helps out those in the boardroom to kind of understand some leadership concepts. And I think we'll, we'll touch base on that tonight. We'll touch base on a bunch of other things. We may be joined by Benjamin Breckheimer. Um, he's out actually working with team red, white, and blue right now. So I'm not going to bust him for not being able to get here on time. Uh, Ben's great guy. Um, either way, follow him. He's a great dude. He's doing the same thing. Seven summits. So without further ado, let's bring in Mark. Mark, what's going on? How you doing? You're out there in sunny, sunny land. I like it. I am. I'm sitting here in Los Angeles, California, trying to ride out this C-19 crisis around the globe. And, you know, I'd come out here from my my hometown of Sun Valley, Idaho, where I'd been training like a beast. Uh, Everest was supposed to be on that track right now, uh, leaving the 31st of March. And uh, when I got out here a couple of weeks before, you know, the world blew up and you know, I've been uh, holed up in my bunker out here in Southern California and just waiting it out. You know, the resources are are, are, are not um, uh, a lot in Sun Valley. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, here in L.A., second biggest market, you know, in the, in the states and in resources everywhere. And so it just seemed like if I'm going to ride this thing out, Miles will ride it, ride it out here next to the beach and, uh, you know, try to stay healthy. Yes. Oh, I agree. I uh, I am in beautiful uh, outside of Washington D.C. and it's not as quite as uh, beautiful as Los Angeles, but it's not bad, brother. I can't complain. Uh, we we're talking a little bit about names. I I messed up your name, Mark Pattinson. It's not. And uh, growing up with a name like Jason Piccolo, and having a brother named Brian Piccolo. Yeah. Uh, everybody's like, "Are you related to Brian Piccolo, the football player from the Bears?" Yeah. And I'm like. No, but I've got a brother. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's one of the greatest movies, by the way, of all time. I mean, super sad. You know, I, I can remember back when I was watching it. I think it was under 10 and just an absolute chocolate mess. Mm-hmm. You know, it just the famous story about Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo, yep. the running backs from the Chicago Bears, and Brian tragically died of cancer. Uh, man, if anybody has not seen Brian's song, check it out. And then uh, then you could start calling me Brian Piccolo or, or whatever. Yeah. So let's talk about your career, man. You've had an amazing career in the NFL um, in some big big teams. And uh, you're my first – yeah, you're my first NFL player on here. And uh, What is that like to be in the big show? It's awesome. It is awesome. You know, and and I'll tell you what, I was never a great NFL uh, player. You know, I, I was a guy that, um, you know, I made it. And and really, like a lot of things in life, you have to go through the process. You just don't show up, just like mountaineering, just like I'm an I'm an, a, uh, executive for Sports Illustrated. And and it's through these years of 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 doing cut and and paste and repeat with daily discipline that gets you to you know that pinnacle. And, and so for me growing up, like a lot of kids, you know, on the playgrounds, I was that gym rat, never came off, love always being um, with a ball in my hands, doing something, shooting hoops, whatever it was. And, uh, and then that led to high school and, and I had a coach that believed in me and I actually played quarterback and my senior year I played, or I'm sorry, receiver and my senior year I played quarterback. 
And then uh, I was I was fortunate to get enough attention to get um, looked at by a lot of colleges throughout the country. Um, that happened. Ended up going to the University of Washington. Um, way in over my head when I first got there, really had to understand and learn about the pyramid of success, about the art of 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 work, about about really loving the process to get to that pinnacle. Ended up going to a couple of Rose Bowls, Orange Bowl, a couple of Loja Bowls, and then you go into the combine if you're lucky enough. Uh, which I was. They take the top 330 kids around the country. We have the draft coming up uh, this uh, this week, and it's a really exciting time. And for me, you know, after going to the draft, I was pretty certain that was going to happen, and it did. And I got drafted by the LA Raiders. And then you fly down there, and all of a sudden, you're you know mixing with all these people you've seen on TV and and Heisman Trophy winners and just some really phenomenal talent. And it was just a amazing place to be when everything was great. But of course, it's not always great. Just like life, you know, I was cut, I was traded, I was brought back. I had all these things happen, but somehow or another, I survived and made it for five years. And that's what I'm I'm really proud of. What was your major in in college? It was political science, but you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it was really football. I mean, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can, I can, I can position that however you want, but that's really what it was. And you know, I did well enough to to get by and pass, but there was just nothing that really gripped me in. And I think something that was different back back then versus today is they 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 have curriculums now. Mm -hmm. um, towards relevant things that people actually do in companies, not just theory about the globe or about, you know, I was again, political science about politics or finance or something. It's, it's, it's hands-on real life stuff that you do. I've got a a daughter who graduated from USC and I've got another daughter at, at Arizona. And it's been, you know, fascinating to see what school is like for them today versus the way it was for us many years ago. Yeah. And the reason I brought that up is because you've, you know, outside of the NFL and outside of everything you've done outside of climbing summits and everything, you do have a a huge grasp on the uh, leadership marketplace and business entrepreneurship, uh, philanthropy. And I was, I just wanted to kind of figure out if that was like your, your goal growing up outside of football. I mean, did you have like a dream that was like, Hey, you know what? Um, The game is my life, but outside of that, was there something else that was driving you? Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. And I think all these things at the end of the day mm-hmm. are connected in somehow some yeah. way. Um, you know, when I was, when I, I really wasn't thinking that way when I was in college, cause I was just, you know, your college knucklehead going to, to, to school, going to the fraternity parties and, and, you know, working my butt off uh, trying to make it and sustain a high level um uh, for where I was trying to go, which ultimately was the NFL. And then that all happened for me. And when I got down to the Raiders, they were located in uh, Los Angeles. You know, obviously they're going to move off to Las Vegas here shortly, but, um, it really opened my eyes to big business to, to watch Al Davis, the owner at the time, um, drive around and his car and the way he operated. And we're talking about, you know, not dollars and cents, but millions of dollars. And, and, and so, when I first started to get some of my 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 paychecks, which when you go from a scholarship, um, you know, check of three hundred thirty four dollars a month for room and board to something <laughs> much greater than that, you know, I pretty much went back and I and I invested a lot of my money into real estate in in the Seattle area, and a lot of times it's just right place at the right time, and 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 as things would go about that same time, there was this little company called Microsoft that was just budding, and then mm-hmm. other companies like Amazon, Starbucks. 
um, Expedia, they all blossomed and grew, you know, from the Seattle area. And so um, what that brought in was more people and the values, you know, have gone way up. And so just again, um, by just jumping in, and I think at the end of the day, that's what a lot of learning is about is the power of curiosity, number one. And number two is uh, just jumping in. And if you sit around and analyze all day long, you know, sometimes you can scare yourself off. And I found that was worked for me is, is go in and, 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 you know, roll up your sleeve and try to figure out everything you can, but you're going to learn along the way. And you're going to have some times when you fall over and there's going to be some times when you get up and go back after, but you're going to be much wiser and stronger for what you did in terms of, of going after something that you had some kind of interest in. You know, I, I'm finding a common thread. So this is my second show. This is a show called Pick Rep. I started it just for the virus, um, just do a nightly show to bring people like you together yeah. with an audience of law enforcement, military professionals, and just normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, my other show, The Protectors, uh, is it's I've had 90-something guests on there, and there's a common thread between all of you is you have a different goal, a different drive. And regardless if you've been military, law enforcement, anything it's you always have another drive to not only succeed and be top of your game but also to give back and that's one thing i wanted to really touch base with you on is your philanthropy um and we talked about kirsty before about the water boys and we and we talked and if you go to your website you can see you're doing a lot to give back yeah it has to have something to do with and installed and learned or whatever type of leadership values. And if you could talk a little bit about when that first, when that first light came on, it says, Hey, you know what? I've done a lot in my life, but now I want to give back. You know, know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty deep there, but (laughs) yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think you have to be incredible or extraordinary to do, you know, uh, ordinary things. I, I don't. I don't believe that. And I think anybody can pick up and go and create a fundraiser. And if they have enough drive and, and passion and purpose around it, um, you know, it's helping other people, and that's the bottom line. And um, specifically, what you're talking about, uh, and this again was, all these things have links to them. But because I stepped into the fear, I was going through a rough time. Um, which led me into the mountains. I'm now trying to become the first NFL player to climb the seven summits. I was six of the seven into it. And, and about four years ago, um, I had, I had, I, I had gone started getting into this. I was probably three or four mountains into it. And, um, and uh, I started some social um, uh, on, on Twitter and on Facebook. And um I started to get some traction. I, my audience now is over 400,000, but at the time is probably half of that. But Chris Long, um, Howie Long's uh, son, uh, started a a, uh, a fundraiser called Waterboys. And Waterboys is all about uh, trying to help out people of the Maasai tribe down in the Serengeti, which is located in Tanzania, um, in terms of trying to build more water wells. And so what he was trying to do is go out and recruit uh, former players and military guys or girls like Kirsty, and and um, and then bring us down to Africa, fundraise, and then go climb um, – uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. And so uh, I actually pulled in my best friend, Jim Mora, former UCLA head football coach, also Atlanta Falcon and Seattle Seahawks head guy. And we raised $47,000. And it was totally amazing experience. Um, for one is because we funded our own well, which was incredible. It cost $45,000 to 
to actually go build one of these things and stick it in the ground. Number two is to go and really understand and learn more about their plight. Water is everything. That's their saying down there. Water is life. And it's water's life is because many of these villages have only the bare uh, uh, essentials. And so they um, ask mostly these young girls to put a five-gallon bucket on their head and walk down to the river. And they get attacked by lions and they're raped and, you know, it's dirty water and all this stuff. So to actually have this little spigot in the village that they can turn, uh, it was just incredible to be there. And when we, we were at a, a ribbon-cutting ceremony with this entire village and there was probably 10 of us, and I mean, we were like the Beatles when we came in there. And the only thing we were trying to do um, is is give them water. And they they it was meant everything to them. And so, I mean, it is very uplifting when you do that and you turn around, and you pay it forward. And then recently, um, my daughter has epilepsy. And so I decided to change my focus from raising money for um, to, to uh, on the water well, water boy project to raising money for the National Epilepsy Foundation. And so I started this campaign called Amelia's Everest. And the goal was to raise $29,029, which is the, the, the height of uh, Mount Everest. And we threw an event in, uh, in, in early January in Sun Valley, Idaho. And I brought up guest Peter Cetera, former front man of, of Chicago, yeah. Jim Mora, um, yeah, I, Tom Flick, a former NFL quarterback. I had some other people there. And we got in, we actually raised the money, and it was incredible. It was incredible to see the empowerment that my daughter got out of it. And it turned out there was like eight other people, mostly kids, that were in the audience that night. We packed out a, a, a church, 400 people, and they came up, and, and they've had this shame of carrying um, epilepsy because nobody talks about it. And mm -hmm. that's this whole brain disorder of, of having seizures, you know. And so, you know, I will continue to do so the best I can. And it's, it's, it's just, you know, very very passionate thing to be able to 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 do whatever i've uh, i've accomplished and put that towards something that's a very positive thing that can help other people in some way i like how you brought up pay it forward too a lot of people they get focused you get you get a tunnel vision and you think that okay i can only do so much i'm very successful here i'm very successful here I don't have enough time over here, but sometimes pay it forward can be as simple as just helping out um, because it, what happens is you help one little organization, uh, that organization becomes a bigger organization, or you help out someone else who's trying to accomplish a big feat. Um, and it's a ripple effect. It is. It's uh, like right now we have a new, you just built a network on the, uh, the law enforcement military, everybody else through my many little network. And then, it's just a ripple effect. It keeps going and you get into the right audiences and everybody wants to give back. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah. Like no, you talk about the ripple effect and there's a song by Tim McGraw, you know, the famous country song singer yep. and it's called humble and kind and kind of one of the last verses. And uh -huh. there is, you know, when you get to where you're going, make sure you turn around and help the next yep. person in the line. Always remember to be humble and kind. Right. And if I had a great voice, I'd sing it for you, but <laughs> we'll hold off on that for right now. But, but that's really what it's all about, right? It's just yep. like you, you, you need to go and help yourself so that you can help um, everyone else. I mean, there's this great saying about, about if a plane goes down and the first thing or, or you lose oxygen in the main cabin. And so the first thing you want to do is not grab the oxygen and put it on your, on your yeah. three-year-old. You want to put it on yourself first mm -hmm. before you help everybody else. It's the same concept. And so for me, between my sports, my business, my mountaineering and things like that, 
It's just making sure I have both feet anchored on the ground. I understand my craft, what I'm trying to do. So then I can go and help people out however they need to be helped. And we can all do that. Again, I, mm-hmm. I'm not special. I'm just the difference between what I do and what other people have done. Maybe you can't go play in the NFL, but there's certainly other things you can do is taking that first step forward into action, which creates mm-hmm. a reaction. Well, that's one thing I, you know, I, I do this all the time. I, I tell everybody I've done interview and interrogation for a couple of decades with law enforcement and stuff. And I always pick up on what people are talking about. And then I, I rephrase it in a way. Um, but one thing about you too, is you mentioned before about having a rough time and that rough time, you know, that's why I really wanted to have Benjamin on is because Benjamin was blown up by an IED. Purple Heart recipient. And then he went through a horrible time when he got home, lost his wife, lost his pretty much almost his life. And he said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to climb the seven summits. Is, is your rough time the catalyst for you climbing the seven summits or is this a a different topic altogether? No, we're on the right topic and it'd be great to have been uh, on, on the pod, you know, right now with this and, you know, hopefully we can connect. We are, we are Facebook friends, but, you know, very similar in that my life for me was blown apart. And I think it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to go through a tough time or times in your life. And if, if you haven't had one, then you can just bet that's coming. So I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news on that, but it, it is. And so the really question is, what do you do about it? And in my case, um, I was I was married to somebody for 24 years, with her for 30, and just things blew up. And it wasn't something that I wanted to go through, and there were kids, kids involved. And so ultimately, I found my place, myself in this place of being in quicksand for a long time. And and I felt, and again, it took me a couple of years to get there. But once I did, I had that whole mindset shift of what am I going to do about it? I'm no longer going to become the victim in any of this. And so for me, I wanted to do something athletically great. I started doing some research on, on my computer. Growing up in Seattle, Washington, very mountainous community. Um, I'd grown up with a lot of mountaineering heroes uh, from the past, the Whitaker brothers, um, uh, uh, Ed Veesters, a bunch of folks like that. And so I was very inspired to see if any NFL player had ever climbed the seven summits. It appeared that there hadn't been. And so I said, I'm going to be that guy. And more so than just the accomplishment of that, the thing that it did, and I think anybody can do, is really give me the roadmap of a big-ass goal that's out there to pull myself out of it. Because it, it, now I had to start planning um, about the, 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 the journey, where I was going to start, how do you start climbing, um, how do you put on a crampon. You know, you have to go through all this stuff. And it takes the uh, the focus off the negative of what was going on in my life, and then putting on it put uh, the the focus on something much greater, of something very positive, of something I could shoot for. And at the same time, has been an eight year journey. I've had to do well. I haven't. I've done Kilimanjaro twice, so there's two years in there, and I've had to go back and do Denali twice, once because of weather um, conditions weren't right. So we had to cancel and I came back in 2018 and, and summited at the mountain. And now I'm here about ready to take off for Mount Everest and that got canceled. So for me, I pushed it out towards, uh, 2021. So again, another year goes by, but it's another great opportunity for me to get after it, to continue to dream big, to go after things big and not to focus on little things in my life that I've had troubles with because I'm always keeping my eye on, on the end goal.
Lost the sound. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah. we definitely got it. I always turn it off because I'm horrible with uh, clearing my throat when I get everybody's talking. But, yeah, we have to get Ben back in because and we're going to do a show of the protectors, too, uh, with Ben. So, Ben, I know you're listening. Is that Denali, he went, he was just preparing to go. And uh, with the virus and everything, it's, it's almost becoming the one that got away. And I guarantee you, as soon as it's over with, he's going to do the same thing. And you guys are going to be well on your way of hitting that seven summits. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I'm always amazed because we brought that up. He, he co-hosted with, with Kersey as well. Mm-hmm. And, and listening to how anybody um, can train for just the, the, what you guys are doing and guys and girls is just amazing, man. And I like how you, um, you're bringing that to the boardroom now is because I think Sometimes we get I, I I bring up tunnel vision a lot just because it's something you do in the military, law enforcement, everything. It's about you kind of get focused on a reactive and, and trying to and, and just taking care of that one problem right ahead of you. But in the boardroom and in business, sometimes you have to be proactive. Well, all the times you have to be proactive and you have to manage a team and leadership. Can you talk a little bit about? how you kind of transition from the NFL, from doing what you're doing to saying, Hey, you know what? I do have a lot of leadership values, a lot of things I could talk about. Let me go get these companies up to snuff and and tell them, Hey, you know what? The same concept of climbing the seven summits can actually be incorporated within the boardroom. Yeah. So I think there's two types of leadership uh, people <laughs> that go out and they speak. Uh, uh, that has done a lot of research about the subject matter uh, and then talks about it. And then the other what is, is what I've done, which is actually go out and I do it. And so when I came out of the NFL, um, I was actually a mess. And I was like a lot of guys. They've done a heck of a job now with the NFL uh, Players Association in terms of creating a, a, uh, a program called the Trust, which has a lot of different ways that when guys are coming out of the NFL, they help transition those guys from point A to point B. Um, a lot of, logic, lot of uh, education uh, type classes in finance and broadcasting and many other fields, coaching. And back in the day, they didn't have that. And so when you're done, you were literally done. And so if you can imagine doing something from the time you're a little kid, to in my case, I was 29, you just go off the, off the cliff and you go from making uh, you know, no money to a bunch of money and then no money again, and you really have no skill set. And so for me, it was this, this, this determination to try to figure out what I could do. And I wanted to work for myself. And so ultimately that all came around and I was able to go and start some marketing companies. I started an import expert company. They all connected. Like I said before, um, I started a gaming company. It was venture backed, uh, raised over $12 uh, million. Um, we were in 700 different retail locations, seven different countries, the company was sold. Um, and, and from there, you know, I've, I've continued to try to evolve and evolve with the times too. So I think a lot of us right now are going through a pivot where, or, or maybe you need to take a pivot um, because the um, marketplace with COVID-19, um, businesses are, are shutting down. What I saw many years ago is kind of the old way of doing business was not going to be the way of the future. This is as computers were getting going and this whole marketplace of digital. And so I really started to immerse myself in 
and how you build audiences, how you build your Facebook fan page, your Twitter, mm-hmm. um, how to take your social profiles and do certain things, how to build e-commerce systems. And so I actually, I did these, I built these, they weren't just, you know, uh, things I was studying. I put them actually into play. I helped other companies, um, implement these different programs. And, and today it's put me in a position now I'm, I, I'm an executive for sports illustrated. And so, um, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't able to pivot. So to answer your question, it, 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 again, it, what for me, what has really been useful is not to study about it, but actually go and do. And so when I'm talking to others about this stuff, it, it's really coming from a place that, uh, of execution on my own. I've gone through the pain. I know what it takes. I know how to take the left-hand turn when you're supposed to, when you may be thinking you, you want to take a right. And, and it's from that experience that I think there's value that can help others. Yeah. And that brings me up to the next topic, value to others is you're not only doing uh, summits, speaking, all sorts of other great philanthropy, but you also have a podcast with, yeah. uh, I think it's 157 episodes. Let's, let's talk about that. Finding your summit. And it, uh, you've had amazing guests and I'm going to probably try to steal half of your guest list <laughs> Cool, because I love it matters. I love motivation. I love talking to people like you and others who, like you said before, they were in a quick, some, a, a form of quicksand, but they got themselves out of it, um, either by themselves or with the help of others. And your podcast is going, it's just like this one. Um, podcasting i think is like you said it's 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 like that technology you learn it and you adapt and right now there's over a million podcasts but having the right niche um and audience is it's pretty key so is your tell us about the podcast yeah so it's a, it's a it's another it's a great question it's another one of those things i had no clue i was talking some to somebody the other day who's going to be a, a guest here in in a couple of weeks and she was asking me if I'd gone and taken voice lessons and all this stuff. And I said, are you crazy? Um, I was asked uh, a couple of years ago to be on somebody else's podcast. He was a guy, Yogi Roth, that's an announcer for the Pac-12 Networks. And so he came over. He had heard about my story. And he knew I was you know, on this quest to become the first player to climb the seven summits. And, uh, and so we get into this. We're having an interview like this. And, and the little voice inside my head as I'm answering questions like this, was saying, I think I could do this. You know, I think I, so after, after the episode went live and went to all his different channels and I listened to it and, and, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. enjoyed the conversation. I, I emailed him and said, Hey, Yogi, how do you actually do this? And so, uh, Yogi, uh, sent me the contact name and it's like a lot of these things, the power of curiosity of how you get from point A to point B, just, you know, get mm-hmm. down to the first base and try to figure it out. And so I jumped in, I got some cool guests out of the gate and started having these conversations. And, and the, the big lesson for me um, is, is when I, when I created this show called Finding Your Summit, I really didn't think much more about it other than it was like me trying to find my own summit. And what it's become is this metaphorical tag of really everybody else in line, your summit can be anything, right? And we all are looking for kind of that greater purpose or cause and how we're going to get there. And so the, the, the beauty about all this is, is the, 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 uh, the, the stories that have come back to me, guys with no arms, no legs, they're blind, they're going down the Colorado River that they've been burned in their car. I mean, 
you know, the, 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 it's, the name of the podcast is called Finding Your Summit, all about people overcome adversity and finding their way. And that, again, was me initially. But it's been such a gift because of, of this little word called perspective. I look back at my situation at the time, and, yeah, it was hard and it was rough. But it is nothing compared to some of the stories that some of these other people have gone through, like Kirsty, you know, who lost her leg, was blown up um, when she was in the military. And and what she's have to she's had to gone through, you know, thirty one surgeries or something to repair her face and her leg and every, you know, I'd much rather take my deal than what she went through. So um, that's been the blessing back to me on having this show and continuing uh, with it. Yeah, I'd like how you brought that up this summit because I had Brian Dickinson on the other day too, and he's yeah. another one that did uh, Everest and Blind Descent. I, j- I just got it in the mail. I ordered it as soon as I had him on the show. Um, I have a whole bookshelf over here of, of yeah. books I need to read. <laughs> so do uh, don't tell anybody. Hey guys, I've read every one of your books. Yeah, that's seriously. it. Every single time you have a guest on with a book, you got a book coming to you. And by the way, I, I was on Rainier this last summer with Brian. Oh, I didn't. Oh, awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Brian was a great guest, man. Another great story. And, uh, I definitely want to have, you know, we should just do like a, uh, a climber round table sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So oh, let me, God. let me just interject since you brought it up. So, so if, if anybody who's listening right now, Brian Dickinson, he's a guy that went to climb Everest and unlike my situation and probably, um, well, most people's situation where you're climbing up there with a group, he just uh-huh. decided to go up there with one Sherpa and the Sherpa on summit day, uh, gets yeah. altitude sick in about 18,000 feet. Um, or it's around 28,000 feet. And Brian decides to continue on the, on this journey by himself. Uh, the pictures that we all saw this last year of these long lines were not, yes. there was no, it was one of these rare days where there was nobody on the flipping mountain on the day. He gets up the top by himself. He's all jacked up. He takes a selfie, <laughs> takes his, his glasses off, pulls him up on top of his head. And the minute that he did that, he got snow blind. Yep. And now if you can imagine trying to get from the top, to the bottom by yourself blind <laughs> it's insane and so that whole tale of how he came off the mountain was crazy and uh man you guys are in your everest and and mountaineering and everything you just amaze me man and brian i know you're listening man because i just had you on the other day you better be listening yeah. is uh just an incredible story man well, mark uh geez time is flying we're gonna be doing a protectors episode soon and um but i have to ask you the question yeah is uh my my daughter uh, came up with this question she's 10 she's my usual co-host in the beginning but she uh-huh. does kids stuff now and she has a question yeah and it is if you could go back in time and change anything not in your life but just in history what would you change but um, here are some of the things we've done. Someone's had, um, someone's killed Hitler. Someone's reformed Hitler. Stop JFK, JFK been, from getting killed. Um, nine 11 didn't happen. So you gotta, you gotta be creative now. And, yeah. you, and someone had coffee with Aristotle, I believe. So, uh, what would you change? Well, what if I would, anything. no, 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 no. I mean, I, this is really easy for me. I, I would have loved to be in the climbing party. There was only two of them, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary and um, uh, Sherpa, uh, Tenzin uh, Sherpa, that uh, summited Mount Everest. So the first ones to summit back in 1950, and they they went on to great, you know, 
fame and notoriety, but to be in that climbing party, to essentially climb the mountain in tweed suit, to try to figure <laughs> out how you can get to the top. Nobody had, had ever done it. They didn't think it was possible. Um, and, and if I could have been with that climbing party to try to figure things out and make it to the top successfully, back down the mountain successfully, and go on would have been just an amazing experience. That's a good one, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I was going to, you're so much of you is based on a West coast. So we usually talk about bagels and, um, my Uh other, one of my other co-hosts is Alicia. She's down in San Diego, but, um, we always talk about what our favorite bagel is, but I I think I'll let you off the hook with that one because you grew up on the West coast. Well, sesame. Oh, sesame is not bad. It's not, it's not a bad bagel. New York sesame bagel. Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's only one good place for bagels, and that's New York. Well, that might be true, and I'm not a big bagel guy. But you know, when I do have my bagels, I like to slap some butter on there, and mm-hmm. you know, some other things like that. So uh, the right kind of cream cheese, you know, just yeah. make it right. Mark, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on. If you can hold on the air real quick, I'm just gonna sure. uh, pop off here. Ah. Uh, the guest, the guest, the guest. I had um, Beulah from Hawaii Five O last night, and uh, Mark today. I just, I'm so amazed by everybody coming on the show. Um, and now, Protector Season Two is coming out. So, so how, many, definitely- how, how many? How many? some Protector. We're gonna. You know what? We're bringing Mark back in here. <laughs> Hold on a second, brother. Oh, Protectors has had a uh, hundred and something episodes now. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. So we're going to do. Yeah. And so everybody, you know what? Mark is going to help me do the outro tonight. Protector season two is coming out. Um, and we changed it around. It was the protectors with Jason Piccolo. And now I am rebranding to Jason Piccolo's, the protectors, Jason Piccolo's pick rep and stuff like that. But, um, new logo behind me here. Love it. And you can see it right there behind us on the screen. And Hey, um, it's it's going to be the same concept. Nothing's changing. It's um, geared towards protectors, those in the military, veteran, law enforcement, and emergency responders. But it also includes and those that support them. So if you support them in any way or the other, you're also invited to be a guest on the show. Love it. But I'd like to thank Mark for coming on tonight. Uh, Mark and I are going to talk off the air about all the really cool stuff we didn't get to tonight. So you guys will have to wait for Mark's appearance on The Protectors with Jason Piccolo. Thank you, everybody. Be safe out there.